Hello, everyone. Hello, Chris. Hey, Jess, and hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Food for Thoughts.、Um, today,、back. we're going to be. What's that? I said, welcome back. Awesome. Yeah, so today、um, we're going to be addressing a topic that's、um, particularly important to me and close to my heart. It's the topic of loneliness. And、um, one thing that we really want to do on this podcast is really take terms that we use kind of on an everyday basis and really break them down and figure out、um, how they apply to our lives today. And、uh, yeah, but before we do that, something else that I'm really excited about is trying a snack.、Mm-hmm. And、um, this is going to be、uh, my creation for this week. I decided to make chicken. Filet sauce.、Um, when I was in Orlando, people were、uh, going on about how I had to try out Chick fil A, and sadly, we don't have Chick fil A in Canada.、Um, but Chick fil A is just like this chicken place、um, all over the States, and they have this apparently really amazing sauce.、Uh, they have a bunch of sauces, but I tried to remake the classic Chick fil A sauce. So, Chris, you're going to be trying out an interesting blend of honey. Barbecue, mayo, lemon, like lemon juice, as well as mustard. I just put、okay. all those things together. I didn't measure anything. And then I said, <laughs> here's the sauce. <laughs> Now, have you tried the original? I have tried the original, but like、okay. a year ago. So I don't, I don't have any recollection. So、okay. as long well, as this doesn't taste awful, I'll call it a success. How does so that for sound? For me, I'm just gauging whether or not it tastes good. But for you,、sure. you're gauging to see whether or not it tastes accurate. Yeah, yeah, that's、right. a good way to put it. Okay, so we've also got chicken strips. Obviously, we're not just gonna lick the sauce. <laughs> a spoon of sauce. Okay,、right. so you're dipping it in? I'm, I'm getting a big old dip. Okay. By the way, you guys, I can't actually see what Chris is eating technically because we're recording this from home, like good citizens.、Um, okay, nice. Okay, we're ready? Three. I'm ready. Two, one. Mmm. Mm-hmm. That's very, very good.、Mm. What's it taste like? It tastes creamy, which I wasn't expecting. Okay. And it tastes like very well balanced. You got everything coming through really good. Okay.、Like、the zing, the sweetness, the savoriness. It's、okay. really, really good. I like it a lot. I'm going to have another one. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta keep talking. I know I made this, but I don't know if it tastes super balanced.、Um, I think I taste the meal a lot, like the sweetness, but I don't know. I'll probably actually measure it first and、uh, hope I get the blend right. <laughs> I don't know if the chewing is <laughs> coming okay, across on、that. our recording. <laughs> I'm sorry if it so is. So, as Chris takes his final <laughs> bites,、um, yeah, so the topic that we're going to be diving into today is loneliness. Loneliness is obviously a very broad term. So, what we're trying、mm-hmm. to do today is、um, do three things. First, we want to define what it is exactly、um, that we're talking about when someone says, I feel lonely or I'm experiencing loneliness. We want to really break that down, get a、uh, definition for that. We also want to think about what are some of the causes or contributing factors of loneliness. And finally, we want to give you guys practical tips、um, maybe not like a magic pill that you can swallow, but different things that you can do. So, to lessen the pain of loneliness.、Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to start off with you, Chris, by asking you this How do you define loneliness?、Uh, sure. So, I've thought about it, and for me, the definition of loneliness that I think is 
that fits would be loneliness is mm. the painful awareness that you lack intimate relationships. Mm. It is a sadness and a deep longing to connect. And the reason I define it that way is because loneliness is not the same as being shy or being a kind of loner, someone who's happy to be in right. solitude or have very few social contacts. Uh, but this is someone who um, could actually be very outgoing, a very gregarious co- uh, type of personality, mm-hmm. yet has within them the sense of painful awareness that they lack intimate relationships. And so I'm glad that, that you're bringing on the word awareness, because um, in my personal experience, loneliness people. after a while really becomes something that you're aware of. It's a pain that you can no longer deny. Um, and then I also came across another definition of loneliness by Mother Teresa. Uh, she's obviously someone who spent a large chunk of her life with people who were very, very poor, with people who were destitute. But she said, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. Uh, That really got me thinking because it's like the worst form of poverty is loneliness. And so someone can have a lot of affluence and be rich, but still be profoundly aware that there's something missing. That is really interesting. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. You you know, poverty is such a loaded term. And to equate it with loneliness and then to say the worst form of of poverty is loneliness really just speaks to the the gravity of that pain. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's something that she learned through first-hand experiences. I assume that it follows if you have uh, poverty in a lot of different areas of life, but a richness of connections, a richness of relationships, then life is still bearable. Right. But if you have poverty of relationships, it almost doesn't matter what else you have. You might feel agonized by that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's as if like uh, that companionship or that intimacy that people want, it's like, wait a minute, can money actually buy those things? Like, Mm. yes, no, maybe. Um, So yeah, that's that's another interesting thing to think about. Yeah, Yeah. it is. So what are some of the causes of loneliness? I think it's important to remember that You know, because when someone's painfully aware that they're missing something or just like for me, once again, I kind of attribute loneliness to like something that's my fault. Um, But some of the causes, like there's two ways of looking at it. There can be things that I'm doing that contribute to my loneliness, but I think there's other external factors. Um, Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I think the there's a couple different ones, certainly a social factor. And then a situational factor as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, yeah. starting with situational factors, there could just be circumstances that are leading to loneliness, like right. the death of a loved one, uh, mm. divorce, being sick, a geographical distance, perhaps being in a position of leadership or having very, very stressful job demands. Mm. These kinds of things can lead to loneliness because they isolate you in some way. Right. And, or you've, just, you've been severed from connection because of these things. And so these... You know, these are often, they come up uh, and they need to be dealt with. Um, But that's something that's not what we consider kind of endemic or like sort of widely spread. But societal loneliness is something that is pretty widely spread. I think what a lot of people are finding these days is the rise of certain uh, aspects of our society have caused this sort of loneliness-producing societies. And I want to read a quote by Gary Collins. He's a psychologist. He says this. Uh, Regardless of where we live, most of us reside in what might be called the loneliness-producing society, where rapid change in modern technology technology 
discourage intimacy and stimulate loneliness. Even in homes and churches, people avoid one another. In an attempt to find closeness and escape inner feelings of isolation, many individuals throw themselves blindly into open sharing with strangers, like fellow drinkers, oh, seatmates, yeah. uh, or sorry, and seatmates <laughs> on airplanes. And I don't know if you've ever experienced mm. that last thing he's talking about, but I totally have. I seem to be a magnet for strangers telling me really deep personal things about themselves. Uh, I don't know why, but it's really alarming when it does happen. And I do, I don't, I don't not like it. I, I, I like to open myself to uh, hear people. But I've often, when I'm traveling alone and you just are sat next to a stranger, almost always the stranger will begin to open up with me about something deep and personal going on in their life or in their family's life. And it's a little bit right. unnerving. Um, so I totally relate to what he's talking right. about in this passage. I think he was also saying that it's like a lack of like close connections. It's just like, well, then I'll just talk to whoever I can find, whether or not it's appropriate, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a pressure valve, you know, like it releases in, in different ways and in, in unexpected mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, I mean, part of the problem definitely certainly resides in society at large, but also within the mm. church mm-hmm. too. Uh, it's not something that we're immune to by any means. And we could really be, uh, we really need to do some self, deep self-reflection when it comes to a church, as a church community, because it's really a problem within our churches to have that, have that kind of like happy Christian mm-hmm. mask that mm-hmm. a lot of people wear, where when you get to church and you're just expected to be in a good mood, you're expected to be... Um, happy and excited all the time uh, and you know you never want to show that something's wrong in your life because suddenly people will think that maybe you you have a problem or maybe you're a sinner it's what uh, <laughs> maybe of, I'm a sinner maybe <laughs> you're all sinners perhaps maybe we should read our bible more <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is actually a name for it it's called the victorious living theology I thought it was just straight up hypocrisy, but okay, you can add a fancy (laughs) label to it if you want. (laughs) Yeah, I think you can sneak it into someone's thinking under a nice fancy banner and then just hit them with the idea that it's just hypocrisy. Right. (laughs) It kind of gets it under the radar by calling it victorious living. But it's this Mm. idea that um, life transformation happens the moment you meet Christ. And basically... There's no such thing as struggle. There's no such thing as obstacles that are hard to overcome because if that's the case, then there's something you're doing wrong. There's something unholy about your life. And so it creates this really deadly dissonance between the life that we actually feel and the life that we think that we ought to feel. Mm -hmm. And so we feel ashamed of our vulnerability, ashamed of our need and our neediness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we don't share it and we don't open up about it. And so if everyone has this kind of creepy thought in the back of their head and the living out of it then we're not going to open up and be honest about I'm really lonely or sad or down or just having a hard time and so it creates these societies where everyone's wearing a mask and no one's really being honest about everything and that's just a really lonely place to be right right and it's it's um 
I guess there's kind of like a, an urgency to it, like an urgency in the sense that like, hey, this is a really big problem because even like in our society, if there are these contracts that are only, but then on top of that in the church where, yeah, if you feel like you can't be yourself and you can't confess that like, hey, I'm feeling really isolated, then I feel like there's a problem there because then where are you going to go for support, you know? So, yeah. 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 I mean, it's just that idea that even if you're not feeling lonely, if you're in a society that you can't, make good meaningful contacts right then it's only a matter of time until you do feel lonely right so it's not even necessarily about opening up about your struggle or, or with loneliness it's about not being able to open up about anything and therefore over time you're going to feel lonely mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i don't want to overly label the church as being unique in this way yeah. society at large operates this way where no one really care about your problems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but but the church should be different, and yeah. we're not. Yeah, and I think that, like, you know, obviously we're, we're obviously talking about this as a problem, but I heard a loneliness of, a definition of loneliness one time where it's just, like, you have something to share, but no one with mm. whom to share it with, and I think, like, that could be for your problems, mm-hmm. like, opening up, like, about your vulnerabilities, but it could also be, like, for your joys. Like, let's say something amazing happens, yeah. and you want to share it, like, um... Yeah, there is that sense of like, okay, well, I can't share it to the people around me, can't share it to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, yeah, whether it's positive or negative, it does contribute to loneliness. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, we, we can't ignore the fact that um, there may be some causes that are kind of specific to the person. Yes, yes. That are causing loneliness as well. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be unfair to overlook that because... There are times when someone's loneliness is being caused by a difficulty that they're experiencing personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by just saying, oh, it's society's fault, we're not really helping that person That's at all. That's true, yeah. Because even in the perfect society, they may still feel terribly lonely um, until some of these issues are addressed. Mm-hmm. And so certainly not trying to victim blame but just trying to paint the most accurate picture as possible. Mm-hmm. We need to look wider and, and to look at every kind of facet of this issue right, as well. Right. So there are a couple psychological, developmental, spiritual causes to loneliness as well. Nothing that we can really get into much depth about, but things like um, low self-esteem re- resulting from rejection, self-defeating attitudes, bitterness, anger, pride, selfishness, these things often drive people away. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're not very easy to be around. It can create some sort of toxicity in relationships mm-hmm. that people will flee from. Um, sadly, things like depression, they will cause withdrawal. That's true. The person will withdraw because of depression. Uh, they'll cause social isolation, which will then cause more depression. And this is this awful downward spiral that can cause as well. So people can also struggle from childhood abandonment issues, um, coldness or neglect from a parent can kind of echo for a long time uh, and create a longing for intimacy as an adult that's sort of really, really pronounced. Mm -hmm. Um, Lack of acceptance and love leading to a feeling of unworthiness, uh, missing or underdeveloped social skills, you know, lack of personal awareness, lack of social cues creates creates people who are kind of social misfits and that can frustrate any attempt to build interpersonal relationships and it'll cause other people to withdraw from you. Yeah. Um, 
none of this is great, but it's just reality. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. the way it is. And spiritual courses, things like living in in sin, uh, living in obvious sin. Uh, sin inspires hiding. Yeah, yeah. And so if people kind of know that they are kind of acting out in one way or another, they have these kind of phrases that'll go through their head like, oh, if people knew the real me, they would hate me. Or they just have that sense that they need to hide and they struggle with guilt and shame and accusation. And that can cause a lot of just feeling of loneliness, feeling of isolation, feeling of the need to hide. Mm-hmm. And so that can be a big cause of loneliness too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a complex issue. Of course, it? of course. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's where we need to begin within the person, within psychological, developmental, spiritual causes mm-hmm. to be able to help them come through this stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not a small issue. No, this of course is something not. that we really need to do a lot about and talk about in the church, especially, mm-hmm. along with other mental health issues. Right. But loneliness is. A big one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was doing a bit of issue, a bit of um, reading, I guess, on one of the personal developmental causes, and I was reading a book um, by by a guy called Wesley Hill, and uh, he's a guy in the church, and um, he was talking a lot about his experiences with loneliness, and um, he's, um, I guess, right now also we're living in a society where a lot of people are like coming to terms about their sexuality and everything and realizing that they can be gay or bi or trans and all of that. And he was just sharing his story about how when he was 15 years old, he knew that he wanted to follow Christ for the rest of his life. Um, but he also knew that he was gay and he realized that. And so uh, in his book, he goes into a little bit of detail about how because of that personal factor, he really did feel isolated from a lot of people. And like, it is something that took place in the church um, where like he did feel a lack of a, a shame, definitely. Like, hey, if people really knew how I feel or the things that I struggle with, you know, they're not going to want to um, to be vulnerable with me and they're not going to want to accept me and everything. And so that's that's just one situation. But it's just an example of how, yeah, there's different personal factors that can make someone believe that they're going to be rejected and to turn away, I guess, from relationships. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think we're getting a sense of how complex this issue can be. It is. Are you saying that we're not going to solve it in like a 20-minute podcast? Nah, that's too bad. A 20-minute snack-based podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we're going to solve it, but I think what we can do is is give people hope. Of course, yeah. Of yeah. I think, yeah. Um, let me just put it out there, like that's one of the things I love about uh, journeying with Christ is that, you know, if anything, he knows that I'm this imperfect sinner, um, but he's the mm-hmm. one who's always there and he's the one who always mm-hmm. gives me hope. And so we just want to not give people the sense that loneliness is just going to magically go away, but there is definitely hope, and that hope is a person. So, yeah. Yeah. And, that, yeah, that hope is found in a relationship, mm. which mm-hmm. is amazing. I mean, I could speak to that personally as well. When I, from the youngest that I can remember, I've always felt like a bit of an outsider in every community that I was a part okay. of for lots of reasons, for sometimes just awkward personal reasons as well as just social reasons, felt like an an awkward outsider Hmm. and it was really only when I became a Christian that I found that place to belong and it was just that sense of knowing that God was the one that I belonged with Hmm. and I didn't need an earthly home because I had a home with him and 
interestingly enough, I still feel like an outsider. I don't. There's no real community that I feel like this is my people. Mm. Um, but I don't mind so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind so much anymore because I've just found the the ability to to bear it has been because I know where I belong and I have a good relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's helped me just to be okay with the fact that he, like, he is enough, essentially. Right, right. And I really feel that, you know, like nothing really changed that drastically in my life. Like I didn't become that much of a different person. Society didn't change for me. So I, could, I still feel like the outsider, but now I'm just okay with that. Okay. I'm totally okay with being the outsider because I'm not, I'm not an outsider with him. Exactly. You know, I'm in the family of God. Yeah. And it's a special, beautiful thing for me. Yeah. I like that you're sharing that because I'm one of those people that like if there's a problem, then there has to be a way for me to fix it, you know. But what you're <laughs> saying is that even if the problem is still there, I have the the grace and the ability to deal with it. So that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Well, when you think about a problem, right, a problem can go away two ways. Either the situation can change mm-hmm. or you can change. And if the situation changes, then whatever was was a problem before is no longer a problem, mm. you know, and then, okay, solved. But then if you change, then even if that problem, that the situation has not changed, if you're different and you're not struggling with that anymore, yeah, then that's a solution too. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> a very exactly. good solution. And that's what happened in my case. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else can yeah. you speak to in terms of like uh, different ways, different avenues to find hope in uh, the midst of loneliness? Mm. Uh, this is a very predictable thing to say, but admit you have a problem <laughs> is probably something really important. <laughs> I think uh, admitting to feeling lonely has yeah. an unfair stigma behind it. It's like admitting that you're a failure or admitting that you're unlovable. But it's a terribly unfair stigma Mm. because loneliness is something that everyone will experience at some point in life. Every single person has has felt or will feel what it's like to be lonely. And so transparency is going to be key in this. And that's not where the that's not where the healing ends, but it might be where the healing begins. Mm -hmm. And it you know really has a strong, strong step forward to it to just admit you have a problem uh, if you are able to admit it to someone else if not just your, to yourself right. but admitting it to somebody else um, and then trying to kind of work at resolving it like consider the causes hmm. perhaps there is something that you can do about this um, you know pray about it ask God why do I feel this way try to find the root of the issue uh, dealing with the cause is important because if you're trying to engage uh, with, you know, more social activities, um, and but the cause is like you have a something going on within you, um, maybe that's not going to be helpful, or I mean, you know, maybe something like developing social skills or changing your attitudes may be actually what's required right. to combat this loneliness. Um, and then I think uh, one key thing will be developing a sense of esteem, of uh, value, uh, and meeting your spiritual needs is, is really, really important for so many reasons, <laughs> but one of them would be to combat loneliness too. Yeah. I think that the gospel does meet the needs 
of the lonely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I know this is so cheesy to say, <laughs> but it's not a it's not a religion. It's a relationship. <laughs> relationship. Yeah. I, I kind of want to put it. emphasis on the fact that it's. You know, when we think about, yeah, a relationship, okay, well, a relationship with who? With Christ. But I think it's in, it's been encouraging for me this past little while to realize that Christ is someone who did feel really, really lonely and who did really feel rejected at times. And so oh, when yeah. I admit that I'm feeling lonely, like when I admit it, like I, I've had the incredible blessing of like having people in my life that I can open up to and talk to about that, but also when I can... Um, uh, admit it in prayer and talk to God about it like it's it's really encouraging to know that Christ knows how I feel um, because yeah Absolutely. the essence of loneliness is like okay no one knows what I feel I'm isolated no one knows what I'm going through but Jesus being rejected by the whole world literally means that he knows what I feel um, just on mm -hmm. a much larger scale so yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I want to I want to point to two things here uh, firstly I want to just read one of my favorite passages of scripture, and it's this, it's uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse uh, 17 to 19, um, and it says, and I pray that you may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may, may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. It's... This is the prayer that Paul prays for his friends, mm -hmm. for his, the people who he's mentored and, and loved for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And you just get that sense from the language, like the sense of filling and the, the love that can be poured into you, the hope that can be poured into you when you, when you realize what God has done and who God is and the lengths he has gone to for you. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to read one more quote from Gary Collins, sure, yeah. uh, the psychologist I, I mentioned earlier. And he says this, Loneliness is reduced or prevented when individuals are shown how to build intimate relationships with God as well with other human beings. People begin to experience more meaning in life when they learn the value of solitude, understand their gifts, build a closer intimacy with God, and discover His deep purposes for them. Helping people grow spiritually is one of the most significant ways of preventing loneliness. True. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a very important thing for us to bring out to, at this point, because it's very easy to say, hey, let's just look at human fixes for loneliness. But I want to offer one of the most hopeful answers, because, hey, people are broken. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. and to say that there's actually another avenue we can take here that doesn't rely on people being better or society changing in some uh, miraculous way, because we're going to continue to deal with the brokenness of our society. We're going to continue to deal with brokenness within ourselves, um, the brokenness of our past, all of these different things that may continue to create loneliness. Mm -hmm. But if we have this this source of strength found within a relationship with God that can combat, uh, prevent, and sort of lessen loneliness, that's huge, yeah. and that's really worth yeah. exploring. Mm -hmm. I think it's worth exploring, but I do want to kind of put a, put a warning in there that like sometimes sure. learning that... Uh, you're giving me this look, I don't know. <laughs> I feel no, like no. sometimes um, God 
I'll just say this for me. Sometimes God's put me in a position where I want the human fix, but God is like continue to allow a situation where all I have to rely on is him. And sometimes that does create a frustration because it's like, God, why won't you just solve this problem? Like, why do I have to come to you? Like, Ugh. and like, I get all upset about that. And, and once again, I was reading in that book by Wesley Hill that like that, that frustration, sometimes that can be because when we want to connect with people, connecting with God, which is a being who's a spirit and we can't see him, like we, we feel at times that there's like a lack there and that's normal but at the mm. same time because God isn't broken and because he's perfect and because he's holy but still loves us infinitely I would say that yeah in my life I found that that's the foundation for a hope within uh, the midst of solitude within the midst of loneliness is that like people will let me down and I'll continue to let people down and unfortunately I won't always be able to be there for people but I know the mm. one who'll always be there for me you know and so there's I've struggled with um, the frustration of having to admit that, you know, Christianity is a relationship, but I've also tasted the joys of like surrendering to that. And I love that you mentioned yeah. that Ephesians part, because it's it's something that when you pray that for yourself and for your friends, um, God answers, you know, and he really does give yeah. you a deep sense of his love. So, yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. And moving back to the church. If we have experienced this filling, mm. it's our duty to pour it out as well. Mm-hmm. We don't want to let ourselves off the hook and say, oh, sweet, God's going to take care of it so we can just continue <laughs> being yeah. these fake, yeah. <laughs> hypocritical people. No, we do, we do need to do better as a church right. at helping it be a place for the lonely mm. to experience community. Um, and those who are lonely within our community to not have to struggle with that as much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, it starts certainly with living in the light, with having the sense of transparency within our community. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I can wear my brokenness on my sleeve mm-hmm. because I know it doesn't define me, mm-hmm. really. My identity is found in something else. And so we don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to hide and we don't have to be false. We can just be... Uh, honest and open with each other and be encouraging each other to do that and in the meantime we also can have the the breadth the sort of the the stamina to be able to to bear with people who maybe are just a little more needy a little more sensitive um this is silly but did you ever watch winnie the pooh growing up yeah are you going to talk about eeyore i know you're going to talk about yeah i'm going to talk about eeyore eeyore (laughs) is this He's a sad little grumpy. Okay, yes. Yes to that. But consider this. Is there ever an adventure that Eeyore is not invited on? Like when they go and do things, man, Eeyore is always invited. Whenever they have a party, Eeyore's there. Even though Eeyore's a super quiet dude who's kind of always down and a bit mopey, Whenever they have a party, like they don't even question inviting right. Eeyore along, you know. They're and we true need to friends. be an Eeyore-loving kind of church. Yeah. Like we yeah. need to be the guys that, like, even people who are a little more difficult, a little, you know, they need a bit more patience with. We need to love them, mm. you know. And by mm-hmm. doing so, not only are we securing for ourselves a loving, rich community for when we're feeling down. But we're being truly light to those who need a light in the darkness exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think that we we can we can fill a vital role by doing that as well by opening yeah. up our lives to those around us. 
Mm-hmm. I'm getting a real sense uh, that like one of the key things here is balance. Like、uh, if we think about the causes of loneliness, we need to balance、mm-hmm. that. Hey, there's situational factors and there's individual factors, and we need to hold those in a good balance. But then when it comes to the hope that can be found, obviously it's in God. But we can't just be like, oh yeah, go to God and you won't be lonely anymore. No, we、mm-hmm. need to be there for people and be Christ-like for people. We need to have that balance、um, and constantly、mm-hmm. be willing to to learn and improve that. So yeah, that's kind of the sense that I'm getting out of this. And isn't that just the way God works, right?、Mm. Some of the blessings God has for us in privacy, some of the pl- blessings God has for us are in community. Right. And by establishing establishing a life that has a healthy amount of both,、uh, is going to be a really good way to live. Yeah, and like we said before, it's not going to. Um, I don't believe anyway that it will make the pain completely go away, but it will make、mm. it bearable, and there will be grace in、oh, those、yeah. moments. So yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So we've、well, rambled on, but there is one last thing I want to say about、um, loneliness. And、um, have you ever heard of footprints in the sand? <laughs> okay, you're going to bring the final bit of cheese for the episode. Bring it yes, on. I'm going for it. So footprints in the sand is just this poem about this guy who's having a dream or whatever, and he's just thinking back to different、um, parts of his life, as if those parts of his life were a journey that he took with God, and so. Um, in different moments of his life, there's always two sets of footprints in the sand. Okay,、um, except for like the really miserable, down Eeyore like type of moments in his life, he only sees one set of footprints.、Um, so then he does something that I do a lot, which is he turns around and blames God, and he's like, "Man, what's going on? Like, how come in those times of difficulty, I only see one pair of footprints? Why was I made to walk alone in those moments of difficulty, in those moments of solitude?" Um, and then God is like, you know, where you only see one set of footprints is because I was carrying you.、Um, mm. Yeah, let that sink in. And just for me, it gives me hope because I do look back on moments in my life where、uh, I felt really lonely, and even like, and I would say even right now, loneliness is still something that I struggle with. But looking back, you see, I see that God's given me a lot of mercy, and He has been carrying me in、uh, moments of、mm. solitude. So yeah, how's that for cheesy? <laughs> You、brought it home beautifully. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> All、yeah. right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to us today. Yeah,、and、thanks for that. We do hope that if you are a person who's struggling with loneliness, that you could find a community to reach out to, but also you could find your place of belonging with God. Amen.、Um, yep. If there is a way that we can help, reach out to us. Yep. And I'm sure we can find some way to help you. Of course.、Right. Yeah. Well, thanks, so, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. All the、Bye. best. Bye.